This episode is brought to you by Mack Weldon. Mack Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. Mack Weldon believes in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. You know, we, we did it. It was easy. We just tried to get some underwear, went on that website, bam. Next thing you know, we got it, and it is premium. Ooh, I am liking it. It is soft on my body. All the products are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor. I didn't know it. I had to look it up, too. They want you to be comfortable, so if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it, and they will still refund you. No questions asked. Not only does Mack Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well, too. It's good for working out, going to work, going on dates, you know, just everyday life, going about your thing. It's even good for podcasting. I know that, because I'm wearing them right now. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off using promo code KFGAME. Hey everybody, it's me, Greg, and guess what? I am up for most entertaining online personality at the South by Southwest Gaming Awards, and it would mean the world to me if you went and voted for me. Of course, every time we win one of these things, it's a win for Kind of Funny, and it's a win for you because we get to go there and be like, hey, people who've never heard of us, guess what? People like us, and everybody goes, who are you? And they go, maybe I want to be a best friend, or they're jerks, and they say, we'll stay away for everybody. So if you go to kindoffunny.com, S-X-S-W, and vote Greg Miller for most entertaining online personality, I would take it as a personal favor that I will never, ever be able to repay you for. What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever episode 56 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the coolest dudes in video games, Colin Moriarty and Greg Miller. It's good to be here with you today. Hello. And now, for the first time ever on this show, we have Mega Ran. Thank you. Hello. I'm really excited about this. This is going to be a good one. This one's going to be worth the dollar. I can feel it. <laughs> if you believe that, well, you would already know that you went over to patreon.com slash kindoffunny. You gave us a dollar to get this thing early, or you could have went to YouTube.com slash kind of funny games and got it for Patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Did I mess up? You Damn it. I'm just, I'm just being no, clear. Okay. It's right. been a long month of promoting the animated series link. Right. I understand. Yeah. It's hard to switch gears. One day. Mm-hmm. One Rookie's day I'll get that stuff. <laughs> anyway, this is a weekly show where we talk about video games and stuff that we like. We're going to start this one off right. I want to talk about you, Mega Rand. Hey. Who are you? What is your history and why are you here? All right. Wow. So we're going to go from birth to like now. To now. Yeah. All right. Well, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, West Philadelphia, born and raised <laughs> in front of the TV is where I spent most of my days. Um, <laughs> so basically just, you know, growing up a fan of video games for a long, long time and a fan of hip hop at the same time and just watching both of them rise around the same time. And me just really wanting to get caught up in that, that, uh, you know, both of those cultures. And um, I started writing music, uh, I guess as a teenager. And it took me maybe 10 years of writing music until I figured, let me try to inject some of those games that I love into the music. And I made this album called Mega Ran in 2007. And uh, we talked about Mega Man a little bit on it. And uh, and then Capcom heard it. and um, Immediately shut you down. And they were like, they, under no circumstance. They embarrassed me. No. Um, no, they were okay with it. And they decided to let me keep making music. And they... Um, you know, encouraged me to make more Mega Man tunes. And so I did that. Then I went to other, um, you know, franchises that I really loved, Final Fantasy, um, all kinds of stuff, River City Ransom, mostly retro things. So I think I've then uh, fallen into a bit of a, I guess, a niche or subgenre called Nerdcore, uh, also another called Chiptune. So I put those together, and what I call it is Chip Hop. It's a little bit of both, you know. Ah. Chiptune, Hip Hop, Chip Hop. That's my thing. Yeah, so now right now, let's see. I am in San Francisco uh, on a tour with my good friend Richie Branson, game developer and amazing rapper. Uh, he and I work on projects together. We put out an album together called Ghouls and Ghosts this past Christmas. 
And uh, yeah, we're just out promoting it and hanging out and rapping and meeting people and driving mostly, <laughs> <laughs> mostly driving. Well, yeah. So what what does the tour look like then? Like, what does it look like this current tour? I mean, it's been just um, you know into a city for a day usually. You know, playing a show, getting to maybe eat some food and shake hands with people that are in the town. And then we play a great show and usually we have to go to the next city. Fortunately, the the Bay Area shows are kind of close together and we get to kind of hang out in one general area. And uh, so, yeah, we'll be in San Francisco. We'll be in San Jose. We'll be in Sacramento. And um, so, yeah, it's usually playing a show, eating some something terrible late at night and then uh, <laughs> heading back home and getting a little bit of rest and then getting up, getting on the internet, handling all of our, you know, various clerical duties, and then getting back into a, a venue and doing it again. Now, that's the thing. You're talking about these clerical duties and these emails you have to do. Mm. I would assume you have thousands of people who do these things for you. You're a big-time rapper traveling. Mm. So for, like, a tour, <laughs> how is that all on you? Are you negotiating spots and figuring out, like, where you're going point yeah, to point? Yeah, I mean. How the hell do you do that? You save money if you do it yourself, you know? You don't have to pay anybody. Uh so as long as I can do it at a pretty good high level, I think I, I've continued to do it. So I tour manage, uh, I book the dates, I, you know, I organize the rental vehicle and how we're going to get there, organize where we're going to sleep. And um, it's I can do it in my sleep now at this point. Wow, I've, really? I've done it for 10 years now. So I don't know. But when it gets to a point where I just absolutely can't handle it, then I'll bring in a tour manager. I've done a couple of tours with managers and it's amazing <laughs> however at the end they're standing there with the hand out like all right i made that happen for you now compensate me and it's like i think i can do that so i try it and uh it usually works out well now you said you, you there you've been doing it for 10 years right you've been out there doing all this stuff shaking it so what i think you glossed over that i love about your story right is that you were a teacher Right? Oh yes, I didn't even say that. Yeah, <laughs> it <laughs> wasn't like you're like mm, I've been making music now. I'll put video games in it. I'm a huge internet star. Oh yeah, yeah. There was the the teacher part is a huge you know path on the road to wherever I am now. And um, yeah, I taught for six years, mostly middle school, and um, I, I had a great time doing it. I started off as as a substitute, you know, and, and dealing with uh, middle school kids who uh, you know are twelve going on thirty. They think they know everything. It's <laughs> I think it um. It helped me a lot with my performances because it's you got to be able to improvise. You got to be mm. able to change on the fly. And ultimately, standing on a stage and standing in front of 30 kids is the same because you have to make them believe in you and what you're doing. And if and if the kids don't believe in you, they see right through you and it's over. You know, you lose them and you never get them back. So. Uh, so I was I was kind of a mean teacher though. It was see I don't believe that for a goddamn. Second. Everybody <laughs> says that. No, I was mean. Oh man, I was mean. You have to be with twelve year olds. Yeah, that's why well, I was gonna drive there naturally because yeah, that's the thing. I remember when we first met and we mm -hmm. immediately found that we're we're brothers in arms. We're friends. Like there's a connection here. God dang it! And you've been a big supporter of kind of funny all things. But mm -hmm. you're always so soft spoken, so easy going, so down to help us out and do this. I can't. I, these kids would have. They would have wrecked you. Yeah, they would have. You can't. You absolutely have to put on a different face. They say you don't smile until Christmas when you're a teacher. <laughs> you don't. You don't smile. You don't tell a joke until you've you've had them for three months or so. So did you feel like you were putting on an act every day? Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You you don't smile. You're like, get in there, sit down, works on the board, do it. Don't bother me. You know. <laughs> and you have to you have to do that every day until they get in the structure where they're like, oh my god. He might kill us, you know, <laughs> and when, once they think you might kill them, then you can tell a joke and they're like, should we laugh? <laughs> and then, and yeah. So I think you got to you got to build 
a level of, of trust and structure before you can, you know, divert from it. Have you, I, I'm curious, I, I actually meant to ask you this, I think several times ago that I saw you, like in your teaching career, since it was some time ago now, um, these kids are kind of coming up. I mean, they're adults now, a lot of them. Uh, yeah. Have you encountered any of them as fans of yours? Like, have you heard from any of them? Like, maybe you not don't remember them, but like, I had you and I absolutely have. Um, it's strange because you say that like they're adults, and um, one of I was in Salt Lake, and uh, the guy who put the show together was like, I think I know one of your ex students. Like, one of your old students moved from Phoenix to Salt Lake, and I know him, and I couldn't remember the name, and uh, but I was like. That's very possible. Like these kids are grown now. Yeah. You know, they could have moved to different places. They could have jobs, you know. And I knew them when they were 12, 13, 14. So it's strange, but it's cool. Like I'll see comments pop up on YouTube and they're like, hey, Mr. J, good to see you're still at it. You know, like students of mine. And I'm like, wow, that's awesome. I went to the studio once and a, a former student of mine was in the studio, like making music. And I'm like, wow. And he's like, yeah, Mr. J, you showed me how to do this. And I was like, what? I'm officially old, you know, <laughs> like teenagers are growing up and becoming, you know, adults and uh, somehow being influenced by what I do, which is kind of cool and scary. But I, I love it, though. It's it's great to see those kids doing OK. So you're acting tough to these kids, but then you're also <laughs> making the music. I mean, it was there. Did there come a convergence point where they all discovered like, wait a second? Yep, absolutely. <laughs> wait, Mr. Jarbo is Mega Ran. Ah! <laughs> and they would come into school and be like, hey, uh. Megaran or something like that. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. What are you talking about? You got detention, you know? (laughs) Um, But yeah, absolutely. They would find stuff. So then I eventually had to um, just insert it into the classroom as much as I could. I would show them videos of mine. I would, I would then get into even running songs by them. Like, Hey, I got this new song I'm working on here. Just listen to it, you know? And they enjoyed it. And, or if they didn't, they're like, Mr. J, this is kind of weak, you know? (laughs) People need something to dance to. This isn't danceable. You know, like they'll give me good feedback. I mean, you know, from the mouths of babes. I mean, they're going to be very honest and that gives you a different perspective on your music that you don't necessarily think of. So uh, so I would run music by them. We would do freestyle Fridays where I would rap for them. If they all got a really good score on their test, I would do uh, some raps for them. So I would have them all hold up their items that they had in their in their desk and I'd go around the classroom just rapping about them, pencils, pens, whatever. And um, and they enjoyed that. They had a blast. Or I would use their spelling words into the rhyme. And uh, and they, they loved it. That's awesome. That is so cool. <laughs> You'd be the coolest teacher. So one of the things I'm, you know, I was actually just talking to uh, Nick about uh, my best friend back home. Ramon is a, a bassist um, and like a studio musician and, and doing stuff. And he's finally playing with this uh this guy next week on on Seth Meyers or whatever and like oh, wow. and is like finally he's stuck with it and he like and, and things are happening for him now and we're like real proud of him. Um and uh I'm curious what that transition was from not really being able to make a living off of it to making a living off of it. Cause I, I played music since a very young age too. And I always tell Ramon, and you're really the similar person where I'm like, you guys are keeping the dream alive for all of us who grew up playing music and wanted to be rock stars or whatever, and like just <laughs> yeah. you know, we were good, but like you you know, you right place right time and, and all that kind of stuff so what oh, is it yeah. like to be able to quit that job and make a living or be, co- be comfortable be able to, to tour and do all these kinds oh, of things i'm not sk- saying you're like you know the you know fucking you two or muse out there but you're i'm you saying he is like i you am <laughs> you can say that i am <laughs> no um, no um, honestly it's scary as hell you know but um i think i just happened to you know like you said it's just a bunch of right things happening at the right time and a, all the timing is just what what helped it and then you know um it's it's very scary, but I think it's it was something that I felt like I had to do. Like it was I was at a I was pretty young still, didn't have kids or a wife at the time, so I figured I can take a chance and step out and try to make this happen. 
and I can always go back and be a teacher, you know? So it was just a matter of finding, you know, just a number of, I felt like a number of signs were in the air, you know, mm -hmm. things would happen. Um, I made this album, Black Materia, and and then uh, Game Informer profiled it, and then I was playing at PAX and a lot of really bigger shows, and I thought, well, maybe I can do this, and I just decided to step out, and uh, that was five years ago, and um, it's just been working out, but yeah, I mean, people say, like, you're living the dream, you know, and I think I am, you know, and it's, uh, I don't take it for granted any second, like, I feel like, you know, I may need to go to Walmart, you know, and filling out an application or something, but I don't know. But right now it's going well, you know, knocking on wood. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been great, but it's all a matter of just taking those opportunities and taking those signs that, mm -hmm. because I think everybody gets it once in a while, you'll get a moment, but you're like, Oh, I'm afraid. Oh, I can't, I can't take this day off of work to go meet this record producer guy mm -hmm. or whatever, you know? And I think it's just taking those chances yeah. and sometimes they work out. So was it was Capcom coming to you kind of your first moment when you were like, okay, I can really do this? Because I remember when you first put up uh, Grow Up, mm -hmm. and I love that song. It's one of my favorite songs ever. Wow. And then I, I listened to that, and this was before the Mega Round album even came it was. out. Mm -hmm. And then you had another album before that. I did, The uh, Call. One, the Call, yes. And um, so it was it's much more of a, a traditional hip-hop album. Uh, no video games, you know, things about that. But it was just a story of a guy who had come from a city and, you know, wanted to, had dreams of fulfilling is calling in life that's what the call was all about and i didn't know what that call was you know and then things started getting clearer after making that record but yeah i think it was ign who was the first it's probably ign's fault that capcom scared the hell out of me because um the, they posted it and next thing you know i had an email on myspace the very like same day and they're like so uh what are you doing here you know and i'm like oh boy naturally you think like this is something that's going to ruin you you know mm -hmm. and uh but they were fortunately like fans of what i was doing and they thought it was well done they thought it was tasteful they thought it was appropriate and uh, but i didn't i didn't think that was the big break you know because they didn't offer me a job or anything like that so it was more or less we'll allow this to happen you know and uh that was great and uh it did a whole lot for me and uh continues to and um and they didn't have to do that so that's definitely one of those first signs you see where you're like, maybe you're onto something. Mm -hmm. And now you have to, you know, have the courage to just kind of keep pushing, trying something else and, and until things stick. So I remember with Capcom, they've been really good about stuff. Then you did Mega Round 9 after that. And then after that, you did the Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Like uh, on the vinyl hip hop thing they did. Stuff. And yes. that was awesome. But how has it been kind of balancing the random versus the Mega Round stuff? Oh, that's been tough. Um, and, and I've had conversations about it there's a new song on the new album called the meeting where mega ram meets random and we discuss what you know the guy who came from philadelphia who makes hip-hop songs about you know life and growing up and the guy who raps about in the in the voice of a video game character and can they both coexist and um i think that they can and i've i've finally discovered a, a happy medium where i can make songs like infinite lives on the new record where the concept is is video game related but applying it to everyday life so that everyone can understand it realize it so even it took 10 years for me to realize <laughs> that these guys can live together side by side and on the same record mm -hmm. because what i would do is try to alternate like all right here's a random album here's a mega Ran album here's a random album here's a mega Ran album and the mega Ran albums would get so much more attention probably because of the games that they were you know mm -hmm. uh, sampling from so I just tried to find a way where I could inject my own life story, my own, you know, lessons and things like that into a uh, into a track that may 
also, you know, reflect those video games that I grew up playing. So where did Black Materia fall then? So Black Materia was like the second project after, I guess, after the first two Mega Man albums. So there was Mega Ran and Mega Ran 9. Uh, and then Black Materia was 2011. And, um, and that was the one that kind of took off for me. And um, I remember one day getting a phone call from a friend who said, hey, you're on the first page of Reddit. And back in 2011, <laughs> I didn't even know what that meant. So I was like, what are you talking about? And uh, he's like, that means it's a big deal. People are talking about this. And I was like, what, really? And then I got a phone call from PlayStation Magazine that day and Game Informer. I did a bunch of big interviews and, um, and then had a big tour right after that. And then uh, MC Chris asked me to join him on tour. And we did a three-month tour of the entire U.S. And I think so it was definitely the Black Materia album that kind of jumped it off. And I didn't realize you know, I knew Final Fantasy VII was special to me, yeah. but I didn't necessarily know it was, you know, as special to everyone else. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love that album so much. Tell the people what that project is. So Black Materia is me taking the Final Fantasy VII uh, Nobu Uematsu soundtrack and then um, remixing it, sampling it, playing additional uh, chords over it and retelling the story of Final Fantasy VII as if through my eyes of, of Cloud and from beginning to end. And... um it's it became a pretty epic thing. Like it was just a really big project that we spent a lot of time on. But I listen to it now and I'm like, ugh, I kinda cringe because I I didn't know as much about mixing, mastering or things mm -hmm. that I know now. And I'm like, I need another crack at that album. Which is why ding announcement. We're going to be releasing a vinyl version of Black Materia later this year, which will be the songs remixed and remastered. Mm -hmm. It's the reboot. The reboot. The Fantasy Seven reboot. Yeah, yeah. it's the reboot. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. No. One of the things that I love about you both, both with Random and, and Mega Ran, is is kind of your your adherence to. Something that you find more in like prog rock or space rock or something, which is like the idea of a concept album, and that's mm -hmm. like and and I you find that in hip hop, but it's it's definitely not as common as it is in some like and a lot no. of rock genres. Yeah. Um, is that kind of does that lend itself towards like the fact that you were really sampling Mega Man? I mean, that makes more sense at that time. But even with something like Black Materia, I mean, are there mm. is that something is that an easier way for you to write? Is that the way you want to like release your your records typically? And are there like games that you're identifying in your mind that you would like to to tackle mm. from a thematic standpoint like that? Oh, absolutely. Um, this is something that uh, I I have more fun creating in that way. You know, going through a character, going through a stage, going through a, a, a full concept and fleshing it out through a whole record. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of other franchises that have been on my radar for the Mario longest. Mario Golf. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> fuck, if you do a Mario Golf. I was thinking, <laughs> you know, Arkanoid, I don't know, you know. But um, <laughs> Mario Golf, wow. Uh, but yeah, um, Bioshock is one I would do. Oh, yeah. Um, Love it. Man, um, Mass Effect. Um, gosh, Uncharted. You know, games that I really, really dig from the current generation that I would think about it. But I feel like I'm kind of rooted in retro I was going to say, think, like, Castlevania, Ninja Gaiden. I would love to see you mess with some of these. Ninja Gaiden would be cool, too. And it has great music. So there are some some retro franchises, but a lot of my friends wind up doing them. You know, uh, there's, a, <laughs> there's a Zelda album by uh, Doc Ock he did for um, Ocarina, which is amazing. And, uh, you know, I would have done something like that. Or, um, you know, there's a bunch of other ones. Chrono Trigger has been done. Richie Branson has done that. Matter of fact, where's Richie? Is he in there? Richie, come here for a sec. <laughs> okay. yeah, it's like getting into a space show. Oh, he's climbing all around. <laughs> <laughs> Richie, say what's up to the people. Y'all, it's good. Oh, yeah. It's Richie Branson uh, in the building. 
on tour with Mega Ran. I make video games and I rap, so it's kind of an interesting combination. What games do you make? Uh, I program in Unity. I've uh, I'm sort of good at. I'm gonna get on my knees. If that's, that's fine. Okay. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I'm a. I'm you're a praying. Programmer. You're praying at the altar. <laughs> yeah, Smile. I'm praying to the cheat to the camera. Okay. Do you can always do this. You can go. move the mic with you. Do wherever you want. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I program in Unity, 3D, uh, C sharp, and JavaScript, and. Uh, started making video games after I figured rapping about them was sort of like I wanted to do a little bit more, so I started making the games. <laughs> and so I just put out a hilarious, it's a short little Flappy Bird type game, but I put out a game making fun of Meek Mill and Drake's beef. I love this. And it's called, I am um, so all about this. Yeah. Is it, where can I get this right now? It's at MeekyMill.com. I haven't dropped it on mobile, so you have to play it from like a laptop okay. or a desktop. I'm email de- myself. Desktop. But uh, yeah, it's called Meeky Mill. Uh, it's been on a lot of hip hop and gaming blogs and whatnot and you guys should play it because it's it's so hard i haven't i made the game and i haven't beat it and the objective is simple you just have to make a million dollars without catching l's from drake and 50 it's easy you know? so no one can win because that's impossible it's hard yeah <laughs> i made it and i'm like okay i can beat this and i got 300 and i rage quit so if you look at all the let's play videos on it like people are just rage quitting I've seen a guy throw his headphones like, you know, and it's just like, wow. <laughs> it almost it. feels good. Like, I birthed this rage, you know. <laughs> you are ruining people's time. Their yeah. free time, you're ruining. So one guy was like, yeah, whoever made this is a dirt bag. <laughs> Put it on the that. box. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's it's just such a pleasure. You know, Ran is like one of my main influences uh, on the music side. And I remember when I first reached out to him to collab, you know, I'd just started really getting into the the nerdcore scene. I originally was a, a like a professional music producer working for like Sony and Def Jam. And as I started to want to do the artistry myself, I sort of realized that I didn't want to go down that path because it just didn't feel natural. So like mm-hmm. they tried to put me in this sort of pop rap flow rider type thing. Mm-hmm. And I was doing that. But it just felt like I felt so dirty. Like I'd take yeah. three showers a day. Mm. And then I was like, you know what? Let me rap about the stuff I like. So I was I was on the toilet one day playing. Uh, I was taking a little break from gaming. And I heard this awesome theme music from uh, from uh, Star Wars, The Old Republic, the MMO. And uh, I heard it and I was like, you know what? I got to sample that and make a beat out of it. And then. You know, my first mixtape was born. It was the, called the Cold Republic, and you know, damn, from there, yeah, that's awesome. So from there, you know, I was like, well, you know, there's people who do this really well, and uh, Mega Ran was like the guy. So I hit, I hit him a nervous email, like, hey, can I uh, maybe send you a beat or something? And the rest was history from there. That's awesome. Know? Where can people find your music? Uh, RichieBranson.com or OtakuGang.com. That's my little thing I'm starting now. <laughs> and uh, play Miki Mill. MikiMill.com. It's out there. And it's it's so terribly. Look, I didn't do any QA. I, I spent the week working on it. So, you know, it's it may be a little buggy, you know, but it's cool. You know, it's fun. <laughs> I, I got 350,000 on it yeah. today, so I'm actually better than the creator. Of yeah. The yeah. I looked at him like, yo, how did you get 350,000 coins, dude? Like, yeah. It's yo. so hard, but I did. Yeah. It. Oh, it's so funny. So that's cool, man. But awesome. it's just good to be here. Yeah. 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 Definitely, yeah. definitely go check him out. Not a problem. Mickey Mel. Richie. <laughs> Mickey Mel. <laughs> Kevin, you put all those links on screen? Go ahead and write it down. I want I want all those links on screen, Kevin. All right, fine. Mega Ran. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we got some questions for the audience here. All right. Real quick, too, I want to call out to our audience mm-hmm. that you guys are filming a tour documentary. 
And your yeah. cameraman's been stuck in the door. You are allowed to cross in front of our camera. Oh, feel our free audience, to cross. Do but don't knock do. down the camera. There you go. But you there can walk in front of us and get your shots. And don't worry about it. The kid, these are all uh, best friends. No, shot. you're good. It don't matter. Yeah, there you go. Oh, my God. Inception. <laughs> we have broken the wall. <laughs> Bob Harold wants to know, what have you been playing recently? Mm. Witcher 3, all day long. Outside of Mickey Mill to this morning, all day, all day long. But, um... Witcher 3 is amazing. Um, I'm a little late to the party. I just got a PS4, and that was the first game I bought for it. So um, I love it. So great. How That's far it. into it are you? I am. I'm at like the Bloody Baron, so I'm not far oh, at wow. all. Oh, wow. Okay. But uh, it's really good. But, yeah, you know, kind of busy touring. No, no, I don't mean like that. I mean, oh, stuff. wow. Like that. It's rare that I meet somebody who's wow, super into Witcher. Gamer. Yeah. Wow. Ever play a game? Right, Go back to MeekyMills.com. <laughs> 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 no, but it's like, no, I love that quest. You know what I mean? It's like creepy, and it just gets worse and worse the more you play it. Oh, man. It's so good. Uh, so, yeah, that and um, Rocket League. Uh. <laughs> Tyler Truman wants to know Mega Man or Mega Man X? Mega Man, sorry. I know that everyone, <laughs> everywhere, except Colin, everywhere, uh, everyone is like, Mega Man X is better. No, not to me. I'm sorry. They're insane. They're crazy. All the power-ups. I mean, come on. If you put those power-ups in original Mega Man, the game would be so easy. Come on. If you could dash and jump off walls, the game would be simple. So, classic Mega Man. Yeah, X, X2, X3, X4, good games. Great games. But they're not Mega Man 3. Or they're Mega not Man the classic. I'm sorry. 6 or Mega Man 9. The fuck out. <laughs> Victor 13 you feel me. wants to know Are you working on any voiceover gigs currently? Um, Kinda, but I can't talk about them. <laughs> That's the best type of answer. Sorry. Um, Ghetto Nerd Society wants to know Have you ever thought about getting into game development? Perfect name, by the way. Um, I love it. Uh, I haven't thought about it, but you know, riding with Richie is totally making me want to get into it. So, you know, in between my the many hats I wear, um, yeah, I would love to. I would absolutely love to. That's something that it's crazy because we were talking about it. It's something that looks so foreign, you know, when you immediately look at how to create a game and you're like, oh, I could never learn that. But just give a little bit of time and effort, I think you can you can make things that would surprise you. So uh so yeah, I think being inspired by Richie and watching, you know, the things he's done has made me wish, like, man, I wish I had done that. But it's not too late. <laughs> yeah. Final question. Michael Gulliver wants to know, how or what inspires you to create the music that you make? And what is your process? Is that a who or what inspires me or how or what? It says who or what. Okay. All right. <laughs> but it can be a how. It can be a how. It could be a how. <laughs> um, gosh, I, it's going to sound really stupid and corny, but life inspires me, honestly. Like, just meeting new people. Um, hearing about their stories, where they're from, what's what inspires them, what's going on in the world, you know, the news, um, mostly a lot of comic books and games, but that would be the obvious answer. But um, honestly, it's just life, like meeting new people and just from different walks of life and their journey and experiencing that and just through talking to people. And so I think it's it's really my job because it enables me to meet so many different people. And uh, I think that's what inspires me to keep, you know, keep creating cool stuff. What was I, the rest of that question? Was there more to that? Oh, was it? Michael, well, what's your process? What is this oh, process of like making a song is pretty annoying to most people. It would be me playing a beat 75 times, probably over and over again until words come to me. And um, But what I did recently, I did a Shovel Knight rap for our Patreon. Patreon.com slash bits and rhymes, by the way. Uh, and for the Shovel Knight rap, what I did was I wrote out the entire story of Shovel Knight, the best that I knew. And... Um, and then I circled rhyming words 
And then I moved words around. This is a process that I've never done before when it came to writing a song. But I took the beginning, middle, and end, took the rhyming words that I liked, circled them, and then I worked on the song from there. And I had I had never done anything like that. So it's a fun way to tell a story. And that so that normally though, it's just playing a beat constantly. Um I make sure to revise. That's a huge thing is to never put out your first draft because it's usually crap. Uh, and I learned that from from college, mostly from writing classes. <laughs> but <laughs> I've put out a lot of crap. And um, so, yeah, it's just mainly just, uh, I think, giving it the time for the for the second and third drafts and letting those letting the, the good stuff kind of shine in those. That's, that's really the, that's the process. There you go. <laughs> Topic two of the day. Video game music. What are your favorite video game soundtracks? This is open to everybody, but I, I have a feeling that you're going to have some good answers here. Mm. Well, um, we're just talking about Mega Man X, and I don't want to totally dump on it because I think the soundtrack <laughs> is amazing. So uh, X1, I love the soundtrack. Of course, the Mega Man games, uh, 2 and 3 are great. 9 is amazing. Um, Castlevania is great, too. Um, current stuff, I was uh, really enjoying the... Uh, Gosh, uh, Shovel Knight, of course. Uh, pretty much everything Vert does is amazing mm-hmm. and uh, blows me away. Um, the Danny B stuff on Super Meat Boy, Necro Dancer mm-hmm. is really, really great. Um, so, yeah, those are probably my favorites right now. You know, a lot of the newer, I don't know, it seems like the more advanced the game is, the less I pay attention to the music. It's like I expect it to be great. You know, so it's there, just background music, and it's. That's the know. thing right now with modern games, like you know what I mean, like when Uncharted or Assassin's Creed or somebody puts out these things, and you hear it, like, all right, this this was great, but I don't. When I'm playing the game, it doesn't stand you out. You yeah, know what I mean? It isn't it. like when you're, I was playing Super Mario World before Pinkerton came out. Because once Pinkerton came out, I listened to that on repeat playing Super Mario World. But before <laughs> that, well, you know what I mean? When you knew every every beat of that song, and it oh, was yeah. so much part of the game, right? See, I, I have a totally different experience with that, where I still <laughs> notice the music in games. Like, yeah. in current games, like Final Fantasies, they're still just as stand out to me and the moments are still like hmm. I identify them when I think about a certain sequence in a game I hear the Weird. music in my head Uncharted <laughs> definitely the same way well like, the the Swaler or whatever and the, the well, didgeridoo of Uncharted no, but, even, but yeah it's just like all the <laughs> I feel like the it's easy to say that old game music's better than new game music, and I I love old game music, yeah, mm-hmm. probably more than new game music. But I don't think the new game music is like forgettable or. It's not that it's forgettable. I think it's just easy to overshadow because there's so much. Like here's the thing: when I think of like current, uh, or not current, yeah, current games, right, that have a soundtrack that sticks with me, or that I'm playing and I'm like, fuck, this is great, right? <laughs> Immediately, what comes to mind is uh, uh, Gone Home and Firewatch, mm-hmm. and I think both of those games are because. It's slower. I'm walking. I'm taking the whole thing is observing your entire environment. Whereas, like, you know, it's like in Metal Gear, right? Like, you, even recently, like mm-hmm. I, I can, you know, when they use like a "Here's the You" or whatever in uh, Ground Zeroes, right? Like, that's an awesome moment and sticks with me. But it's because like the control is taken away, and it's like I'm watching a movie yeah. cinematic mm-hmm. thing. I mean, I think it, even MGS Five is a good example because Metal Gear to me, the music always has been kind of a, a big, a big deal, and like it is tied to sequences and yeah. stuff. And Metal Gear Solid Five, because it's more open, it has less of those moments. But yeah. when it does happen, every time the it's like and um and that that like the when that peace walker theme kind of comes back and like those moments are always it's great you know and i'm like oh 
game music still sure yeah like very very much a thing halo i mean come on halo yeah. is like the, some of the most iconic game music right. ever yeah. and i think that you know you got to give credit to the retro stuff like things like ducktales and Mega Man and like all the old capcom stuff mm-hmm. like they got so creative with the use of the the, the chip tunes and all that stuff yeah. they're like yeah the, i mean that's the interesting thing to me is that and that's why i i, I love talking to you because the Mega Man, like Mega Man Three, my favorite game of all time. I mean, all of our audience knows that, but um, there's something about the Mega Man music, in especially two, three, and then parts of four, parts of five, parts of six, and then nine. I think really killed it. And ten was pretty good too. But that's so much better than everything else around it. Like it's, it's like not. It's like it's Castlevania is awesome. Ninja Gaiden's got great music. A lot of the ca- classic Capcom games have great music. There's great music all over the NES, mm-hmm. but. Mega Man is so much better than everything else. <laughs> I don't and, and say I, that. I, I like. I, I think that that's like. I, I just. I, I could agree with you. Yeah. But like, I, just, I just think <laughs> there's just like agree. there's just something <laughs> about like the way those those songs. By the time they get to six, I always think of Flame Man's song in Mega Man Six. Like that song mm-hmm. is insanely complicated for the NES. Like I don't even know how they how they do like do that with the chipset in, in the NES. And I'm I guess I'm kind of wondering with you like how do you identify. For instance, you did Wily, which is my favorite song of yours. That's that's <laughs> a that's Mega Man Two Wily Stage One, mm-hmm. um, and Stage Two. But um, how do you identify like what song? Because they're all really great. So it's like you're going through a game, and do you did, did you hear at that point like I can slow this down, I can put a beat behind this. And it's usually the ones that are stuck in my head forever, you know. And um, remember, I remember making the first Mega Man Mega Man album in 2007, and asking my producer like, "What do you think of this?" And it was the the Bomb Man theme. And he's like, no. And he didn't. He didn't think I could do anything with it. And so I, I ignored it, and I just didn't do it. But then later, when we did the anniversary edition, I said, I'm going to bomb, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this work. So I think it's more about that. Most of that music is so good that I think you can, you can make it work. And if you're skilled enough at, you know, the production style of sampling, chopping, splicing, slowing down, you can almost make anything awesome. You know, you can make it work if it's if you got a great you know, group of colors to choose from, you know, you can only help but to make something that's going to be really, really good, I think. So I don't know. It's usually the I pick my favorites. I'm like, no, nope, we got to do Bubble Man. Like, I love that. You know, so I like you got to do this, you know, so tracks that I really love were the ones that I went to first. Wiley was the opposite, because if you've ever been to a video game music festival or heard any video game music covers, Everyone does Wiley. Everyone. It's Everyone. that ice cap zone from Sonic yeah. 3. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, or um, Sonic 2 uh, Chemical Plant, yeah. which I love. And it's like everyone does it. So you can't go anywhere without hearing it. And when I went to my first MAGFest or PAX, everyone on the you know on the schedule played the same song. And I'm like, for that reason, I'll never do it. And uh, and there was someone saying, well, do you like the Wiley theme? I was like, yes, I love it. Like, Well, then why should you let that stop it? Mm-hmm. And uh, and that was the conversation that I, I needed to hear. It's like, if you like it and you love it and you can't you know get it out of your head, then you should work with it. Not worrying about what someone else has done. You, you're going to have your your unique spin on it. And uh, a lot of people tell me it's their, their favorite song that I've done in, you know, in the Mega Man universe. Because you so. told a story in it as well that it Capcom doesn't even tell. <laughs> um, I, I still Wily uh, stage one slash two in Mega Man three, I think is, is awesome. Oh, and, and, and Wily in Mega Man 10 stage one, yeah. stage she was super emotional and weird. Like there's this weird, there's a weird <laughs> dynamic in those songs that they're not all like same way. I feel about like bright man's theme in Mega Man four. Like I'm like, there's a weird emotion in this song. Yeah. Where I'm like, 
This is kind of weird. I don't know if they even meant it like this. Well, what, what's yeah. cool? Yeah. Mega Man does something that I think a couple of their franchise, specifically old ones, do, where there there is you immediately can identify that it's Mega Man, you know. And even when they do kind of shift the gears and like make it more emotional or slower or whatever, it still feels like Mega Man. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because it's not like they're using instruments, you know. It's they're it's just using the chipset stuff, but. Yeah. Um, Mega Man has that. Sonic has that. That's the one thing that like I no one can take away from the 2D Sonic games is their soundtracks are amazing, and oh, you hear great. it, and you're instantly like, "This is Sonic." You yep. know, you can hear a new version of those songs. You're like, "That's a Sonic song." You know, mm-hmm. Pokemon's the same way with the um, with battle themes. Like all the battle themes sound very similar, but that's just because they ha- they they nailed the aesthetic of this is a random encounter, and mm-hmm. you know the whatever. It's always going to sound similar. And Mario, you know. You you can hear the new Mario Overworld and Underworld themes, and you know that it's Mario Overworld sure. Underworld. You yeah. know that this is the underwater song. You know that this is the castle song. And it's like there's a an artistry to that that's like blows my mind. I think Mega Man is one of the first um, games to ever really really get into that and nail that, where they can just kind of like copy and paste. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Just like the games, you know, it's the same thing over and over. But they kind of can really create. Um, Mega Man is kind of like the badass guitar solos of NES games, where every single soundtrack, it sound like there's so many layers to it, so many things going on. Whereas Mario was always just like, there's the main melody, there's a rhythm, and there's bass, and that's it. Whereas Mega Man was like all over the fucking place. And Sonic was the same way. Yeah. And then you get into things like Final Fantasy, and that's when shit gets real. You know, Nobu yeah. Matsu was insane, yeah. and like oh, even yeah. the the older games, they sound just as oh epic God. and orchestral as the orchestral yeah, versions like, in in later games. Four yeah. and six, I think, are like great examples of primitive gaming music. More primitive, less primitive than NES, but more primitive than what we got with disc based games like Final Fantasy VII, mm. um, and just more powerful hardware. Like the the way. In Final Fantasy IV, when the Red Wings are flying in the beginning or whatever, and it's like, it's like it's like it's iconic, mm-hmm. like, and like you don't need it to sound any better than it sounded mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Yeah. So like when they remix them and they play them orchestrally and they do them live and stuff, I'm like, that's great, but like actually, the original version <laughs> is actually probably better than this. You know, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, see, I don't agree. I think that this, the composition is so good that whether it is this primitive version or it's a full fucking sixty piece orchestra, I think that the the sound's still there, and like, I don't think that it's it's better. I just think that it's it's a uh, testament to the quality of the composition of how good it is. Sure, but I also think that, like, in my mind, it fits the um, uh, the aesthetic. Like, w- when they remade Final Fantasy IV for three, for DS, I, I was like, it's a kind of, I played it, and I liked it, because I liked it was, like, hard, way harder than the original one. It was as hard as it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But, like, that, that chibi style and stuff like that, I was like, this kind of sucks. Like, this doesn't, this doesn't, <laughs> this doesn't fit the way, you know, Porman Palum committing suicide to save the rest of the party in the game... Or so you think with their, with their sprites or whatever is like way more resonant with the chip tune and the 16 bit sprite than it was with these chibi weird looking shitty DS <laughs> graphics. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like yeah. even though the music was of a higher quality, like I felt like it yeah, was even the DS resonance. quality is not not what we're talking about. You know, no. like I'm talking like when you get to like PS3, PS4 quality stuff, like mm-hmm. that's when it's really like on another level. Like Final Fantasy 15 is going to be fucking awesome. Because like the music for the one of the I mean thirteen even had it where the music was at that level where yeah. there wasn't orchestral versions it was orchestral music you know mm-hmm. Final Fantasy ten kind of did it but then it was still this like weird midi awkward like <laughs> Final Fantasy seven through ten was the awkward stage of this isn't actual orchestra music it's like electric it's still synthesizers yeah. yeah 
Well, this might have been more appropriate for the first topic, but I think it's good here because I have a question for you about how do you feel? I mean, games have always been in some way in hip hop. I mean, Biggie was rapping about video games, it, it, but it was just like, but it was just like not to the level that you do. No, it was a uh, glancing. Thing, yeah, exactly. Right? But like, they're always there. They were always there was always, you know, I, I, I've been listening to hip hop for a really long time, too. And like, I always felt like the, the communities were somewhat kind of intertwined in some way. And mm-hmm. but um you know, one of my favorite rappers now is uh, the last few years is Currency, and I found him because he rapped about Mega Man Three in one of his songs, and someone <laughs> told me about that. And I, like, and just it wasn't like a joke. Like it, like, it was a joke, but it was like straight up, like just part of his rap about how he was stealing someone's girlfriend and bringing her to their house, and they were going to smoke weed and play Mega Man Three together. Like that was like what the whole <laughs> verse was about. <laughs> that is amazing. And I was like, and I was like, all right, that's awesome. But then I was listening to his newest record, and I didn't even notice this. Tim Tim had pointed out to me that on his song No Squares, like it's a God of War three sample. Like the, yeah. the song, and and um. How do you feel about, you know, having your niche where it's dedicated to this? How do you feel about some of the bleed over that seems to be more, more mm. becoming more predominant, not predominant, but more noticeable in mainstream hip hop? I think it's cool. You know, we we've had me and Richie have had conversations about it. And we uh, in the beginning, we get a little angry, like, oh, they're coming in on our stuff. They're moving in, you know. And uh, I remember there was a big uh, Wiz Khalifa thing where he sampled Chrono Trigger. Mm-hmm. And um and like it was a huge thing, and people were like, "Well, this is an amazing track. Look at hip hop and video games working together." And we're like, "Wait, we've we've been doing this, <laughs> you know, for a long time." And um, and yeah, it's I think it's cool, you know, but uh, it wasn't cool when I started, you know, and I feel like it was something that, you know, you like you said, there've always been that that occasional glancing uh, side mention, like, "Hey, I shoot you like Mega Man" or something, some weird metaphorical use, but um, I think that uh just taking it to the next level has has been helpful but at the same time it i don't know it it it's kind of gotten me stuck into a place where people expect that from me all the time which is fine i guess uh it's good to be known for something than nothing um but at the same time i look at the bigger guys that do it uh, i think it's awesome i think it's great when you know logic released an album that was hosted by steve bloom you know where he's got the voice of spike smeagol on his record you know on a major hip hop release. And I thought that was awesome. So, so things like that, I think slowly you'll see a little more and more crossover of it. And I think that, um, it can only be a good thing. I think it's, we're still, we work hard to legitimize what we're doing basically. Cause people are like, okay, he's rapping about Mega Man, but wait, 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 it's actually good. You know, like, so <laughs> that's usually how every headline goes with my music. It's like, wait, 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 don't close that window yet. Yeah, it's really good, though, you know, and it's like having to to constantly try to legitimize it, you know, and I think that at some point, you know, if, if everyone sticks with it and continues to raise the level, the quality level. And um, I think that people will take it as a serious thing and be like, wow, this could become a legit subgenre, you know, mm-hmm. so I think it's cool, you know, when I see major label guys or major like currencies really good at it and he's into He's into all the fandoms that I'm into. He does wrestling tracks. He does, you know, the video game mentions, you know, so I think it's okay. And you'll see more and more of it with, you know, with artists getting younger and younger. They're all a part of the same generation. I mean, there are millions of people who play video games. They have to, some of them have to be, you know, entertainers and Mm -hmm. musicians and things, you know, they almost have to be. So, so yeah, I think it's awesome, you know, but I, I did a lot of research on it when I did a couple panels at PAX about video games and hip hop. And just noticing that the time period is almost identical. Late 70s, you know, first video game. Late 70s, first hip hop. Um, Both dismissed as fads, you know, as things that are going to just go away really soon. Both multi-million or billion dollar industries at this point. So I think that um, 
them with them both happening at the same time, it's only right, you know, only makes sense that they'll cross over a little bit here and there, you know. Yeah. I just dive all the way in, you know. There's no mm-hmm. reason to let the world catch up to you, Megaran. Yeah, there's no reason to just tip your foot in there when, when you know, if it was a big part of your upbringing, you know, just we all played Tech Mobile or Zelda or Metroid or things like that. So, so uh, you know, and I'm glad that you know, like I said with the Final Fantasy stuff, I didn't think that everyone felt as special about this as I did, but you know, it's a cool thing that they did. Yeah, I think there's a cool, you know, reverse thing that happens too where, yeah, we all play Tech Mobile, we all played Zelda, so when you hear these things, it resonates with us. But for me, like, there's been times where I've heard samples from songs that I know are from video games. I'm like, I don't know what this is, but then I fall in love with the music and I'm like, I want to go back and play it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a good mm-hmm. example of that is Eminem's Hellbound that came out a long time ago. Where it's Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur, yep. yeah. And I didn't know what that was from, but I was like, this beat is great. This is awesome. Like, I know this is a video game because they're saying round one, they're doing all that stuff. And I remember looking into it and that's why I played Soul Calibur. I'm like, I fucking love this. And then the same thing, like, I never played the Mega Man games till I heard Grow Up. I'm like, this song is awesome. I need to go back and get on this stuff. And then I started playing them. And it's just, I I've, I also grew up listening to hip hop, loving it, loving video games. So I remember, I've told the story before, but like, for me, going on the Game Facts rapping hip hop boards, like I was just constantly, anytime there was a thread that was like, um, hip hop samples uh, or video game samples in hip hop, like I would always check it out and see like who was doing stuff. And yeah. it's, it's awesome to see that like it was such a niche thing, but then there would always be guys like Eminem like randomly doing it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> what do you think of? Um, I mean, you last time we saw you, I think, or maybe two times ago, you were with Danimal, uh, yes. who, who does more rock. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think about kind of the the interpretation, like the rock interpretations of um, you know gaming music music as well? Because I remember being you know in high school in the late nineties, listening to Neskimos and yeah, and the Mini Bosses and stuff like that. So that yeah, and and so how do you feel about that? And like, is there any interest in you? Because I, I you know just because you rap, you doesn't mean you can sing or sing. Just doesn't mean you can rap, or whatever. <laughs> but but. Is there any interest in like sitting down with a band and like kind of putting real music? I'm not saying Heck, necessarily yeah. rap rock, which would be awesome because I love rap rock, but like, but something <laughs> like that that's not sampled electronically, but something that's sampled actually with a real band. Yeah, absolutely. We um, when I first started off, you know, the first thing I did was Google to see if anyone had done anything like what I was doing, and I couldn't find it. But the things that I did find were the Mini Bosses, the Neskimos, the Advantage, and the Megas. And so I contacted the Megas and we did one song with them using the Metal Man theme where they played. Um, they had that live. I'm just a big fan of the 8-bit chipset stuff. Like, that's just me. But um, I'm working with some bands now, actually. Um, there's a band named Psycho Stick who did a really great Mega Man song. I don't know if you heard it, but you I would haven't. love it. I'm going to send it to you. Okay. Um, so I'm remixing, working on remixing that track, and it's amazing. So it's a combination because they're playing all the stuff with, you know, guitars, and then they're adding in Mega Man sound effects to to tell about what's happening at the particular time. So I think that's the evolution of of what I'm doing is to take the live instrumentation plus uh, occasional sound effects of it so you get old meets new and I mm-hmm. think that's the I think that's the next the leveling up of of uh, I guess nerd music at this point uh before we move on to the next topic this again goes kind of back to the first one but what's your favorite songs to do live hmm. I love Wally um Wiley is one, it's so weird because as you you asked about the Mega Ran versus Random thing, and when I go and do a traditional hip-hop show, you know, um, I'm usually afraid of doing Mega Man stuff. I'm like, they're not going to know that. But I'll put on Wiley and be like, I know that, you know, and people will, you know, they'll get into it. And uh, so that's always like an icebreaker for me. Dream Master is another one that I love to play live. 
um, Infinite Lives on the new record, which samples the uh, RoboCop Game Boy and Commodore Game Over theme, <laughs> which is epic music. It's so sad. It's way too advanced for for RoboCop, but it stuck in my head since the '90s, and you know, I, it was something that I definitely wanted to work with for a long time. So, you know, those are my favorite tracks to do because I think that they can transcend, you know, the occasional gamer you know the hardcore gamer and the guy who just never even played games just can enjoy it so i think those are the three people i'm trying to reach with the music so i think it's the combination of lyrics you know musicianship and performance that can bring those people together and uh and i think those three songs are the ones where i feel like i kind of nailed it mm-hmm. you know there are others but those are my favorites that's awesome topic three Final Fantasy 15. Now, I've been saying for years I can't wait for this game. I'm super stoked. I've been a big. <laughs> so, before we even get into it, let's talk about this for yeah. the first time on Gamescast. Me and Greg are hosting Final Fantasy Uncovered, Final Fantasy 15 Uncovered, right. March 30th, which is the, an event down in LA at the Shrine Theater. Yep. Don't know how people can get tickets yet. Yeah, you go to finalfantasy.com slash finalfantasy15.com with the Roman XB. numerals. Mm-hmm. Uh, slash uncovered. Thanks, Colin. Yeah. You, you know the shit. I just You're remember. For, I remember. Yeah, I'm your PR manager now. <laughs> Thank you. I just remember yeah. from the image that we. Fifteen percent he takes. Yeah, yeah. and um, you can go. There's going to be three thousand people there. Hopefully, I see a lot of you there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Me and Greg are hosting their live stream. That's going to announce the release date to Final yep. Fantasy 15. Ooh. I'm very damn excited about this. This yeah. is like unreal to me. It's like a freaking dream. So <laughs> September 24th. 2019. 2019. That's your guess. Yeah. That is a Tuesday. I'm being told that is a Tuesday. So I mean, great. How do you feel about about being part of this? I'm I'm excited, and it's one of those things that I mean, you know, I, I, I we've talked about this before, right? But like when I it was very everything when this was getting announced when it was going to finally be announced on Sunday the last or whatever Saturday at nine at nine p.m. Uh, I had Reddit and Gaff open, and I was ready. Because I knew as soon as we got announced, the first comments would be, I thought they'd be a lot meaner. Everybody was super nice. And there was a lot of people of, I love Kind of Funny. Tim makes sense. Why is Greg there? And the first <laughs> comment I saw on Reddit that did that, I tackled it. It was like, hey, that's exactly what I asked Square Enix when they came to us and asked us to host. And they had a good response, which was, I want because I you remember, I originally tried it. I was like, that's great for Tim, but that doesn't seem like a Greg <laughs> thing at all. Like, Because if you're not caught up, like, I've tried to get into Final Fantasies and they just haven't worked for me. I totally mm. respect. I understand its importance in video games. I've been around long enough to do all that. You know what I mean? I respect mm. it as a franchise, but it's never clicked for me. And so I told them that, and I'm like, I don't know if I'm the right guy for this. And they're like, No, you, you're the exact right guy. Like mm. what we think we have with Final Fantasy 15 is a game that will appeal to the Tims of the world, the people who love Final Fantasies, but mm. also the people like you that are interested. Like I've been interested when you guys talk mm. about the demos or whatever, right? I'm like, Maybe I'll give it a shot. I try. I usually give most of these the Final Fantasies a shot. They're like, This is the one we think will actually get uh, you know people like Tim and people like you that are noobs and don't know anything. I'm like, okay, that's a good way to sell it. Not yeah. to mention that you know it's hosting. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. even interviewing for the most part. I think. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're coming out. We're introducing this segment. That segment. Here's this thing. Let's talk. I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> but I'm excited. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. You're excited as a fan. I'm excited as an event. I'm excited uh, as always for people's excitement about mm-hmm. video games. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's going to be awesome in front of three thousand people. Let alone with a. Uh, backstage all these people who are making this game for this audience you know what i mean to be part of that party it's gonna be rad yeah it's gonna be super awesome i'm very excited about the game it's funny that you say it's for the use it's for the means the one person i think it's not for is the collins <laughs> like you look <laughs> at this and it's like, you no know, that's true that's true but it's mm-hmm. like um so recently at uh last week 
to announce this to announce the announcement event <laughs> that will announce things. Oh, Square Enix. Classic Square. <laughs> um, they had during their active time report, which is one of their, I think, monthly things that they've been doing yeah. in, in, in January in Japan. Um, for the January version, they released it was a long like gameplay demo where they showed a bunch of stuff, talked about a bunch of things, and they showed the Niefheim base battle footage. Did you, any of you guys see this? I haven't. I watched it. I was watching along with it, yeah. Okay, cool. So it showed a lot of gameplay, more gameplay than we've seen since kind of the demo came out um, back in March, I think it was, last year. And uh, we've seen a lot of advancements. The interface is totally different, and it's it's more, way more action-oriented. And thank you. (laughs) And the game looks like Metal Gear Solid V, The Phantom Pain. Yeah. And I'm like watching, and I'm like, "All right, great. This this is Greg's Final Fantasy, and this is not Colin's Final Fantasy." But to me, I'm like, "It didn't feel like it when I played it." But like, I'm down with this, and it's it, this new version looks a lot faster than the the demo. One of my biggest issues with uh, what was it called, Dusky? Yeah, Dusky. Yeah, Dusky. Yeah, like episode Dusky or something. Like that. My biggest issue with it was that it wanted to be fast, but it wasn't. Like it wanted mm. to be Kingdom Hearts. But it wasn't. It reminded me of PlayStation um, Battle Royale, where it wanted to be Smash Bros, but it wasn't. And because that one little thing just didn't click right with sure. me. Same thing here, where it's like, this looks like it should play like Kingdom Hearts. It sounds like Kingdom Hearts has the same composer. She's fucking amazing, Yoko Shimura. And uh, it just isn't, though. It's not quite fast enough. And they they look like they've, they've sped it up. They've locked it down where the all the stuff that I've been excited for for Final Fantasy XV, even since it was Versus thirteen. Um, is finally starting to make its way back into it. When we first saw that trailer a million years ago, and you see the character like Noctis teleporting around and like warping and just freaking stabbing people with the, the swords flying around him, I'm like, yes, I fucking want this game now. <laughs> and I'm finally starting to see that in this gameplay footage where the swords are around him, and like the the new interface has the four different swords mapped to the D-pad, so you can kind of mid-battle switch using switch the D-pad, mm-hmm. which sword you're using. One's more of like a Dragoon-type thing, so you can like jump up and do like the, you know, uh, screw dive type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's more of like a buster sword, where it's just like your normal sword, and then one's a bigger one. Like There's a whole bunch of different variants you can do. And uh, it got me excited. It was the first time I've seen Final Fantasy XV anything in a while that I was like, I got that same feeling that I've got back in the day when Versus 13 was first announced. Because um, since then, 20 it's years like, ago. yeah, 20 years ago. Uh, <laughs> when we see them like, like him, baby knocked his hugging his dad in trailers and stuff. I'm like, all right, whatever. And her yeah, road trips. I, and like, well, I remember right, that. When, and that was the thing. I, you know, I had breakfast with Alexa today. Alexa from GameSpot. She's so, so ready for it. It's such a huge Final Fantasy. I'm a Bash fan. And I remember when she was tweeting about that trailer. And she's like, I'm in tears. And I was watching like. Cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> it's again, a pretty trailer. And, and my thing, nice. I want, I want this clear. Like, I am a huge fan of Final Fantasy. I'm not saying I'm the biggest fan. I'm not the most hardcore by any stretch of the imagination. Sure. I haven't played all of them. I haven't beat all of them. Um, but I've enjoyed the ones that I have. You know, put time into it's very much, and it it is definitely part of my life and it's part of my video game heritage. And looking at this, I'm like, this is the Final Fantasy I want. I hope that it's good. If it's good, um, because I, I don't necessarily need what Colin's looking for, like more turn-based and more, you know, classic, classic. And fantasy stuff. I like that this looks more kind of um, cyberpunky, like um Metal shiny. Gear solid Metal Gear solid right? <laughs> so this whole gameplay was a stealth mission, which is, there's the, the Metal Gear stuff. But it wasn't just a stealth mission, it was a mission to blow up the base. 
So I'm like, all right, so it's Metal Gear Solid Five, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and you uh, gotta put the explosive on the tanker, and then you have to go up and turn off the power as well. Well, then so you get go out in, and there's these Magitek like warrior things. Shout which out, just exactly look <laughs> like uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, <laughs> like like or Metal Gear Solid Four, like geckos and shit. Sure, and, the uh, Magitek walkers are from Final Fantasy Six. Six, no, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying like they now. Like those little sprites see them are now yeah. these like yeah. giant like next gen things and Bi-pen. seeing that's cool though. There, like, I like so, that they're bringing magic. There's back. so many little little shout outs like that that I'm like, this is for Final Fantasy people. You know, there is all those like little things, but to mm. see the character kind of like sneaking around, avoiding the light, and then warp killing, which is the fucking coolest thing. You <laughs> just target these motherfuckers and warp to them, one hit kill, warp to the other guy, and the the demo was really well paced in showing off how it all works. And how it starts off, he warp kills and does one person, and then he walks a little bit more, and then warp, 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 and just immediately like kills three, and it's like, oh shit, that's super cool. <laughs> yeah. And you have your teammates kind of like walking around with you, and then there's these this uh there's a limit bar that like fills up, and when it's filled, when you're in a huge battle, you can kind of do these team attacks with your party members, and it's like it's classic stuff, and it looks again really like Kingdom Hearts in a good way, but less floaty and less um. Keyblady, less less keyblady, but more <laughs> cool, more badass, and more like the fight scenes in Advent Children, which that's awesome to me. I think that's really cool, and it doesn't look like it gets old, and that's something that I I worried about in the in the demo. It did. It very quickly was like, all right, I'm just doing the same animations over and over and over and over. This looked like it was a little bit more fluid, and how you uh, attack each person and how you go about each different thing changes up, and that seems cool. But the biggest addition was this is the first time we've seen magic. And uh, it's now set so that when when you can use your magic, it goes to the D-pad, and it's it um, affects the environment. So mm-hmm. if there is, you can set things on fire, and if there's wood around, the wood will catch on fire. Mm-hmm. So there was oh. this like wooden staircase that had guards on it, and you can use fire on it, and it would like light all the That's guards nice. up. And so you're trying to take out like a hundred enemies in this base because once you get um, notified, you're screwed. Sure. Oh. And you're doing all those things, and then there's they said that there's other elements where, like, if you use Blizzard on um, areas of water, it'll freeze it over. And you can only imagine that that's going to have some, like, oh, fuck. Kevin? Now you Kevin can't... spilled coffee on me earlier. No. Like, the, you're, you're being like the most horrible no. boss right now. Just calm down. No, he but, was bringing you coffee, right. and you flailed your hand that's into funny, it. And that's exactly what happened earlier today. <laughs> yeah. No, that's walking, not. The kitchen, you know. We small, we small house. Yeah. And he like turned as I was turning and we both hit his arm. No, not true. I was crouching face. down, not moving. Kevin comes in like a goddamn wrecking ball and pounces into me and the fucking coffee goes over <laughs> me and I just made it. You know? I came a little, in like a little quieter. Anyways, um, <laughs> I'm excited that if you use Blizzard on, on water and stuff that that could be like environment puzzles because that's something that Final Fantasy hasn't really had before. It's usually just... A lot of the, the the overworld stuff is just walk from point A to point B, talk to a bunch of people, and go from there. But like having to kind of figure some stuff out, I, I think that could be really cool. And um, my favorite thing about the environment shit was there there was a big boss fight at the end of it where it's like you you fight one of the Magitek things, and it's you're fighting it. You you can pinpoint certain aspects of the of it and like kind of you know take them out. And at one point, you slice open the thing, and gas spills all over the place. Oh, nice. And then you use fire on the gas, and it fucking lights the whole thing up. I'm like, hell yeah, that's fucking dope. Okay, that's cool. You're selling Mega Rain. There's a lot of moments like that that I'm like, oh, this is fucking cool. And and going back to the, the, the party thing, there was scenes where when the bar fills up, but you're not near your party members, like the camera kind of shifts to that other party member. They do their attack, and, and it goes back to you. But they're constantly kind of like, 
um, talking shit to each other because they're bros. They're bros. You know, and they're bros on a road trip. And I'm like, seeing all the initial stuff of them in the car, I was like, all right. Like, this See, is for weird. the initial stuff is what started getting me. I'm like, all right, yeah. I can connect <laughs> I with mean, a bunch of guys on a road trip. But I mean, not so a bunch of idiots it's, on a train. It's weird and it's very not Final Fantasy. <laughs> hey, <no. laughs> but then... It got to the point now where I'm like, I like this. I'm really liking the story of what I'm hearing of yeah. what the plot of Final Fantasy 15 is, and seeing the gameplay, I'm like, I'm fucking sold. So like, I'm more excited now than I've been for Final Fantasy 15 in at least six years. How do you guys feel? I mean, I'm I'm not excited about it at all, but I, I'm I'm but I'm interested in it. I you know I I've said before that I don't I don't doubt that the game's gonna be good. I just don't understand how it's a Final Fantasy game, and I I, I felt that way about obviously thirteen and fourteen and eleven. I I just don't understand ten. I I just don't understand like w- w- why. At some point, the series has to mean something. There has to be some sort of convention. Otherwise, why or how is it a Final Fantasy game? It's the same thing we were learning with Dragon Quest Ten. It's like just be, you can't just call something this, and it's it doesn't have anything to do with the, what we what we love about it. Because I consider myself a huge Final Fantasy fan too, but I consider myself a Final Fantasy fan of like one through nine, like. Final Fantasy games, you know, like when they were Final Fantasy games. There's nothing wrong with ten. There's nothing wrong with twelve. If you like those games, it's just like this is starting to lose its 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 connection to like what Final Fantasy is is tenuous at best. And it seems like fifteen is like just a Final Fantasy game in name. Is that is that what we're gonna do from now on? We're just gonna reinvent everything about the game every time we release it now. And there's just nothing about it that has a connection to it just because you hold something Magitek armor. It doesn't. It doesn't mean it's like Final Fantasy VI, you know. So, so it's like. But I, I think that's the point, though. I think they're trying to reinvent it, and I think that it's not trying to reinvent the wheel every time. But I think this is. They want this to be the thing that catches on, and this is what Final Fantasy is now. I mean, mm-hmm. it is now until they release the next one and the next one after that, and we'll see what those games are. It's just like it reminds me. We were talking about Mega Man. It's like, well, when you make Mega Man a 3D Mega Man, it's not Mega Man, you know, ten. It's Mega Man Legends, you know, or like, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, when you make a, a a futuristic kind of more equipment based non-linear well Mega Man's not linear but like finding equipment and going back and backtracking it's Mega Man X you know or Mega Man Zero or Mega Man Battle Network or like they don't just call these games Mega Man 17 and Mega Man (laughs) 21 but they're like totally different than and that's the one thing that bothers me because I like the conventions of turn-based role-playing games and that's an even active time battle but that's that was the roots of Final Fantasy that's why I'm so excited about Dragon Quest 11 because it seems like they've they're hearing everyone loud and clear that like well you know Dragon Quest 10 some people like it but it's not Dragon Quest it's Dragon Quest Online. Why did you call Dragon Quest Ten? Yeah, you know? like so. That, I, mean, I think the difference, though, with Final Fantasy is that they're always, even if there is the similarities, they're all different games. You know what I mean? And that's always kind of been the the thing with that franchise. And sure. like, even though, like, whether it's turn based, but like the active time battle or the, the you know, like whatever was in Final Fantasy Ten, like those are different things. You know, sure, I think is, they were just this is very different. But yeah, I just think that there were more easily like there's the the, the line from Final Fantasy One to. Uh, three to five with with um, with classes and then the like cl- the all games have classes but like classes you can change and Final Fantasy 4 was a more um, linear narrative and you had class classes but you couldn't change them and characters came and go like you didn't really have a chance like a chance to customize in six you didn't really get to custom like Locke was always a thief and and Terra was a mage but like you can remove them and bring them into your party and all that kind of stuff and then there's just so like there are subtle differences, but they're recognizable as Final Fantasy games. And I do think that they've like really started to lose the plot in terms of what Final Fantasy is. And that's 
that's the in my mind, and that's the one thing that that's disappointing me about it. That said, Final Fantasy 15 looks fine. Like I think it's probably going to be a good game. I, I I wouldn't. I'm not going to go out of on a limb and say it's going to be bad because I don't think that's going to be true. Yeah. Um. I just don't know that it's going to be for me. But I've also realized that they're not really making role playing games for me anymore. That's why I'm excited. Well, I think about Bravely it. Default is kind of there. Yeah, Bravely the Default that. for sure. That is the the old Final Fantasy, and yeah. they're just going that. But they're using the Final Fantasy name because it's bigger, and like they want that. I think to mean something for generations to come, and. I think that if they were to keep doing what they used to do, it, that just doesn't resonate with the mainstream audience the same way something game like this It doesn't this mean could. that they have to use 16-bit sprites or or 32-bit you know polygonal nonsense like they did in Final mm-hmm. Fantasy VII, for instance, that looked great at the time, but that's not it at all. It's just like there's there's just certain conventions. Like there's just not many games that speak to me in that genre anymore, like with the exception of um, you know, Cosmic Star Heroine looks awesome, um, which is basically like going to be a new Fantasy Star game, and Rainbow Moon and Rainbow Skies. Like these kinds of games, are like speak to me a little bit more because I just I I I don't necessarily I like characters and storytelling in these games, of course, but I also play for like the mechanics and the predictability of the mechanics. And I don't Final Fantasy to me is not an action RPG. It doesn't mean that there's nothing there's nothing wrong with being an action RPG. We love Kingdoms of Amalur. We love uh, these kinds of a- more action RPGs, but. Um, no, that's I'll be interested. I'm interested to see like what it is. Yeah, and a couple months ago, uh, the director Tabata said that Last of Us was an inspiration for him and like for the direction of the game in terms of how they want to marry the story and the gameplay and kind of have it progress in a very non-forced way, where it's not you know every five seconds a cutscene or whatever, and it's more just during the gameplay you get the story sure. and you get the character development and even the little um, bits of gameplay they showed like you saw that with just how it all progressed from them sneaking into that building to shit hitting the fan and like the boss fights and then the the banter between the characters. I was like, man, this is, this looks cool. Like this could be really, really, really cool. And like him talking about last of us in that way, I think is really awesome that, you know, Japan's looking at Western games and like taking inspiration from the right ones. They have to, right? I mean, that's the whole thing is I think Western games started eating Japan's lunch quite a while ago (laughs) and now they're trying to play catch up. Sign of the times. What do you feel about Final Fantasy 15, Megan? Well, you know what? I remember seeing the trailer a long time ago, and I was talking to my buddy K Murdoch, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't know," and he's a huge Final Fantasy fan, and um, and it was kind of the same thing. We had opposite reactions to it. He's like, "I don't know." I was like, "Wait, this looks cool," you know, and I've been a fan from I guess one to nine, a little bit of ten, and uh, but yeah, I thought the first trailer looked good. I need to. I haven't seen any of the new stuff, so I'll check it out. You know, if it's like Metal Gear, that's kind of my complaint about uh i guess current gen games is that they're pretty much all like metal gear at this point like i think that that's that's the style of good game i mean and not to say that that's a bad thing but like that's that's how you make a good game like that's kind of what you know i mean i I know uncharted will be amazing but uh but it's the same style of game that we've been playing probably since the beginning of this generation so uh but yeah i'll i'll play it for sure because i haven't played a final fantasy game in so long and, um, you know, and I liked what I saw way back when. So uh, I do want to look at the new stuff and I, I'm going to give it a try because, um, you know, I'm hoping it'll be good. That's great. And Colin, mm-hmm. just just so you know, they hinted that another demo is coming. Great. How does that make you feel? Well, I'll be, I'll be interested. I mean, the, the other demo bothered me just in the sense of, like this is such a waste of time. <laughs> they kept yeah, they kept updating. I'm like, what the hell are you guys doing? <laughs> um, but uh, this will be more telling now because I do think that they're probably going to end up really hitting this year. And so... Um, you know, yeah, this, the trailer, the gameplay thing did end with coming 2016. Yeah, I don't think they would say that at this point if they if they weren't sure. It's the same thing with The Last Guardian. Like, you just don't say things like that at this point with a game that's so tortured. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'll be interested in seeing what it's all about. I'm going to play it. Uh, it's just, it, I'll see how long I play it and how much I want to get into it. Um, my mind's just in a different place right now with games, like, in terms of what I'm looking for. I'm looking for some more 
experimental or different types of games, some more narrative-based games. And it's not to say this is not going to have a story. It's just I doubt that the story is going to be really worth anything compared to a lot of the uh, stories being told in other games. So, Because um, I do think that like there's an inverse uh, relationship, I think, in my mind in Final Fantasy, having played all of them, and, uh, not 1 through 9 deeply, 10 until the laughing scene. I couldn't take it anymore. And then 12 I beat, 13 I, I almost beat. And then that was basically it. And I do feel like there's an inverse relationship between uh, the storytelling and uh, the, the the changing gameplay also alters the importance or the resonance of the story, which I think started sometime maybe even with eight because um, eight had such a different gameplay system. Yeah. I mean, seven's material was different, but it was really just a spin on Esper's from six, but eight withdrawing and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, really having to rely on monsters to like get your skills. And all that was really fucking weird. And that, that, that was when the game, the series started to dive a little bit. And then, nine brought it back up a little bit and then and then so it seems like they're emphasizing gameplay which is good because gameplay is king but the storytelling i don't expect to be quite there anymore mm. we'll see final topic of the day as always brought to you by the kind of funny forums go to kind of funny.com slash gamescast topic to leave your topic for us to read in the show just like boiled frog did he Gross. says we all love video games we always talk about our favorite games why we should play this game or that game why we're excited about this game's release whatever my question is what do you hate about video games is it multiplayer only games Games without multiplayer, open world games, linear oh, games, bad okay. graphics, great graphics, bad gameplay, great gameplay. I hate great gameplay. <laughs> no, no story, bad story. Sloppy, I want to clip through the floor. <laughs> uh, great story, but lore is too deep. Episodic games. All right, we get, it, we get it. We get it. What do you like about? There's a, a couple good things there, though. Like, I think There's the great story, stuff. but the lore being too deep is a is a sure. daunting thing that I wouldn't necessarily think about. But getting into a game like for someone that hasn't played a Final Fantasy and looking at Final Fantasy 15 and not knowing. Like, mm-hmm. what you need to know and not that could be pretty in, of like, course. intimidating. Yeah. I mean, that's why you see games like Witcher when it came out, right? It started downplaying its three, mm-hmm. right? It was Witcher Wild Hunt, and even though they had the three behind it, but they were pushing away from that so that new people would be like, oh, cool. I can jump this? in and play yeah, this, yeah. yeah. Yep. Same thing with like Infamous Second Son, right? Let's start dropping numbers. Let's start things new, start things fresh, get people mm-hmm. in there. Mm. Tutorials, man. Like, you hate tutorials? Oh, uh, like <laughs> I, I really do. I, I hate. It's less so the tutorial. Like I can deal with it. I understand. Like that's just how games need to be these days. They, it needs to have that like introduction thing that you just keep hitting A or X to skip through. But I hate <laughs> it when it's tutorial sections. Twilight Princess and Kingdom Hearts Two. My mm. God, why are the first three to five hours of these games um, like? Here's how, how you play this game, and here's this whole <laughs> section that's totally different than the rest of it it's like sure. stop like i get it i want to just get going you know mm, that could be trying to run through i just i installed a whole bunch of stuff on my ps4 recently I was playing one of them recently they had a really bad tutorial section where it was one of those things where it's like if you would just let me go and play the game i'd figure it all <laughs> on my own but it, it was like one of those like hold up hold up hold up now you're gonna be times you have to hold r1 and <laughs> hit them like what the fuck just let me go you know what i mean i'll be fine but like it was like making you go every time and try it and then go yeah. to the next part and try it and then go to the next yeah part to the game games that have tutorials that you don't even know you're playing the tutorial are the best are you know the most clever yeah. and back in the day mm-hmm. talk about mario stage one and all those kinds of things the the idea of of that game telling you exactly how to play not that that, that game's complicated compared to games today it's not um no i think that uh emphasis to me i was talking about some uh this on our reddit uh ama that we did um, where someone asked me, like, is resolution or frame rate more important? And I'm like, well, frame rate is probably way more important because it actually is gameplay related. But um, are th- some of the gaming communities um, overemphasis on technical specs is infuriating to me. Um, mm. If a game's not, if a game's running at 30 frames a second, it's garbage. If it's running in 900p or 720, it's garbage. It's mm. like, who gives a shit? Like, is <laughs> is like the is the game good? Mm. Is the game fun? You know. 
I still say River Raid is like one of my favorite games of all time on Atari 2600. That game is like the most, one of the most basic things ever, but it's fun. <laughs> Who cares what it looks like? It's the mm -hmm. more, I could make that fucking game probably now if you just gave me like a little bit of a tutorial on how to code and stuff like that. It's not complicated. It's just fun. There's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean that like things don't have to look like Witcher 3 Wild Hunt to be fun. In mm -hmm. fact, Witcher 3 Wild Hunt is fun, but it's also in my mind way too dense and way too mm -hmm. big. You know, like and so like I think that we we look at things as as like technical specs, scope, gameplay length, all these kinds of things. And I'm like, no, 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 this doesn't make a game good just because you can play it for 50 hours doesn't mean you want to play it for 50 hours or mm -hmm. mean you should play it for 50 hours. It's a tighter two hour experience like Journey, more resonant than uh, the 50 hours it takes to get to the good part of Final Fantasy 13. You know, mm -hmm. so I think that like we as a gaming community rely generally on these weird things. It's not to say it's like we were talking about. Well, I don't know. Maybe it was on the show last week. Like what about PlayStation 4 makes a game better other than its technical specs? Nothing. There's nothing that PlayStation 4 is doing that PlayStation 3 couldn't do in terms of, like, games. You know, it's just, like, we have to just slow our roll a little bit and realize, like, maybe, like, let's just look at games at a more mechanical standpoint, a more storytelling or, or procedural standpoint in terms of, like, what we're getting out of them as opposed to, like, just pushing the specs and pushing mm -hmm. the technical limits of these sure. machines as if sure. that makes games better. Inherently, it doesn't. I hate unskippable cutscenes. Oh, Why would you want to skip the cutscenes? Because if it's before a boss I know, fight, I know, I know, and I freaking die three <laughs> for times. For me, it's when I what I, drives me crazy with unskippable cutscenes is when it crashes or something happens or you, there's no save point on the other side, uh, and you come back and you have to sit through. Well, the that's same what I'm thing. saying. Yeah. Like when you lose the boss fight, you have to keep going yes. back. And in Kingdom Hearts, like freaking Riku, the third fight with him, you had to freaking. It was so hard, and then I kept dying. It's like a five minute cutscene before, and it's like that's so annoying. Yeah. Another thing about cutscenes is. I hate when games don't have a subtitle option. I like having subtitles because I like knowing exactly what people are saying. Yeah. And um, it's it, it it's so stupid to me when it's just not an option. Yeah. Also, games that don't let you button map uh, are annoying. Not that I remap mm -hmm. buttons often, but there are times when you want to. And like that, I just don't understand this this orthodoxy towards like this is the way you play it. Yeah. It's like, well, why can't I play why? it the way I want to play it? It's, it's a similar mantra to like being able to skip cutscenes. It's like, well, why do you want to skip them? And it's like none of your fucking business. I'm playing the game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So yes. like. It's my game now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm big on um, unskippables as, as a huge thing, but um, long loading times. But I guess you can't do anything about that. But I'm, I really don't feel that in 2016 we should that should be an issue, and um, and it is way too much for me. Um, trying to play WWE 2K16, and it's like, do you want to change your guys' eyebrows? Yeah, I know. Now right. loading five minutes, you know, <laughs> so. Um, yeah, those are the worst. The loads man. that have, like not something that's buried on the other side of a load screen, even. But yeah, for WWE, like it's a simple totally, you know creation thing. It's just like, oh boy. Yeah. Um, I I like I don't know. Um, I was just thinking of something when you were talking. Oh, just like the forcing multiplayer. I'm not a big fan of that. I remember Titanfall when that came out, and how I was really excited about it. And um, you know, I don't have a whole lot of friends. Or that I want to play with sometimes. <laughs> I just want to play by myself once in a while. And, you know, I think having to play with someone uh, is a little bit annoying, mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, that's a big one for me. Maya Luke says, hey, guys, I'm a new user in the kind of funny forums because my friends and girlfriend told me you guys have a forum and a question thread. So I made an account just to join the community and support your Patreon page. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. So my question is, do you believe Atlas might push back Persona 5 this year because of Final Fantasy 15? No, no. Yeah, no. Atlas not. ain't scared. Ain't if anybody, scared. It, seems, nothing, it seemed like Square was scared they when they put out that of. survey or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think they have anything to be scared of. That game, that game will drop. Maybe, maybe, maybe it doesn't come out here. I, I, I just can't imagine no that. Way. It'll come out in Japan though. It'll come out. Um, 
for sure. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, my theory, and it might be crazy, is that Persona will probably outsell Final Fantasy at least in Japan. I don't know that it will it will happen here necessarily, but it won't. Um, but f- Persona is still good for a few million in the West. Um, so fi- I'm maybe not, but Persona making that kind of cosmic jump, um, that quantum leap, as it were, from three to four to five, where it's really relevant now. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because Persona was floating around um, localized on in North American PS ones back in the day. Anyone give a fuck about that game? So it's like <laughs> it's interesting seeing. Mm-hmm. You know how how much how far that's come. I think that game's good for it's, good mm. for many sales, regardless of when it comes up. Final Fantasy and it are like the inverse of each other's situations, right? Where I think Persona is like everyone's like that's going to be amazing. Don't worry about it. And Final Fantasy has so much to prove. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's still going to sell. That's the yeah, thing. Oh yeah, it'll sell. Yeah, yeah. Asriel twenty six says, "Hey guys, what do you think Amy Hennig's Star Wars game will be? Narrative driven, yeah, third linear. person." It'll, yeah. it'll be like Uncharted in the Star Wars universe, which I can't wait for. Yeah, that, <laughs> is, yeah. that is excellent. <laughs> the Almighty Foofy. That's a good <laughs> name. name. Nice. Rumors are saying that Namco is going to be launching the NX with Smash Bros. My question is, do you think this will be a Game of the Year port of Smash 4 with all the DLC included, a brand new Smash, or a release of Smash 4 with all the DLC, plus maybe one or two new exclusive characters in the NX version? And is it smart for Nintendo to jump right out with Smash Bros.? Yes, it's smart. I think it will yeah. be a game of the year thing. Um, Do you I, think he tosses in, they toss I, in a bonus character or two? I think that they will. Yeah. I think that they have to. Um, mm. And I'm very excited that this is a thing because I want this game yeah. to just keep keep going. They've been doing so great they so far. They put so much into the it. The DLC is coming out right? today. Yeah. Very excited mm. to play with some Bayonetta. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's. I, I think that that's... Uh, it has to happen. It's one of those things that I'm like, it's too good to be true. Nintendo wouldn't do that. Yeah. But we've seen so much rumors now that uh, point towards it that I think it... it is undeniably happening. Um, I don't mm. think they'll call it the Game of the Year edition, but I do think it'll be like... The NX. It'll be Smash it'll Brothers be Smash NX. Bros. NX, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it is just the Wii U game. Do you think this will rectify the situation and put dry bones in it? Uh, probably not. And do you think it'll be a Mario Golf launch at NX? Um, entirely not. This is a lot of bullshit. <laughs> yeah, no, those, that, those things You're feeding not, me a lot of bullshit about the NX happen. right now. <laughs> um, let's see. You know what? We're just going to call it there. Okay, good. Yeah. Everybody go buy Mario Golf World Tour on your 3DS. It's amazing. <laughs> if you have the means, go get Toadstool Tour as well. Mario Golf is endorsed by us. Mega Rand, thank you so much for being here. Oh, man. Thank where, you guys for having me. Where can people find you, all of your stuff? Oh, man. Well, Mega Rand Music is pretty simple. It's got all my music on there right now. Um, actually, right now I'm running a really awesome bundle with Groupies, which is like my entire discography for like a buck. So if you go to like groupies.com with two E's, no I in it, um, slash mega. And there's the Team Mega Bundle with proceeds going to the American Heart Association. Oh. With If you pay a dollar, you get like four albums. If you pay three, you get like six albums. I don't know, something like that. But it's a really good deal. It just started today. So you can grab everything for a really good price and help out a great cause. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Mega Ran. It looks like Meg Ryan, but it's not. Um, <laughs> and yeah, MegaRand.com is my, my home site. And uh, we just launched a label, which is at randombeats.io. So yeah, there, there you, you go. go. There you go. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah, what's your Patreon? And I'm on Patreon. Patreon slash bits and rhymes or just bitsandrhymes.com. Myself and Kay Murdoch, we do video game inspired tracks every month just for you. We just released one today, which is. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. We were just talking about that. Uh, Sonic One Starlight Zone track. So uh, awesome. go on there and grab that. I really like your game of the year one, or your year wrap up. I should say. Thank you. I appreciate it. I and definitely check out Black Materia. Yeah. Amazing album. <laughs> Thank you guys. 
Thank you. Until next time. Thanks for having me. Peace. Bye.